If you're looking for a podcast that's going to help fix the Iowa caucus debacle. Oh, no, 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 no. You are so in the wrong place. This is Comedy. Tragedy. Marriage. Welcome to episode 20 of Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage. I... Oh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Stan the Movie Man. I review films at StanTheMovieMan.com as well as WIMZ.com in the blogs section. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at MovieManStan. And joining me, as always, is my significantly better half. Oh, that's real sweet. I know. I am Maud. This week, I am Maud the Impatient Broad, and I review movies nowhere except with you. Oh, okay. Uh, and each week, uh, we're just uh, an old couple that gets together and takes turns picking a movie to watch. Then we sit down and talk about why we liked it, loved it, or hated it, uh, as the case may be. And uh, we'll talk about this week's movie in a minute. But first, some housekeeping I'd like to take care of. Um, we are now on Twitter. We fancy now. We, we right up there. We uptown. Uh, the uh, handle is at CT Marriage. That's the letter C, the letter T, and then Marriage. At CT Marriage on Twitter. You can also send us an email if you'd like. <gasps> Wow. They'll give those email addresses to anybody. That's true. Uh, it is comedytragedymarriage at gmail.com. So if you'd like to contact us either via Twitter or via email, you can do so directly to us uh, as opposed to going through me, which, you know, I'm quite the gatekeeper. I don't just let anybody talk to my wife. I mean, come on. It, yeah, <laughs> what, I, what? I, I am all that and a bucket of chicken. That's it's exactly true. right. Uh, oh, I, and also something I probably should have asked you about before. Uh, but I, I think it would be fun if, uh, you know, the six people that regularly listen to us, if we suggested or if we took suggestions from them and maybe once a month they tell us what to watch and then... Uh, we, we chat about it. So if you've got a, a movie, a TV show, or a, a documentary of some sort that you think we would either love or hate, it could be either way, uh, That's true. then uh, let us know about it. Contact us via Twitter, at CT Marriage, and or via the uh, email address, comedytragedymarriage at gmail.com. Y'all, do stand a solid and communicate with him. He craves fame. He craves your input. So, do stand a solid. Well, you know, that's just, let's just calm down a little bit. Hashtag fame whore. It's not mine. I know. I created it. Yeah, it's, you that's did. all mine. It's back from the other podcast. But, um, but I would like to hear from people if they are uh, interested in suggesting something for us to watch. I would be interested in their suggestions and their reasons for them. Like, right. do they do they want to see us argue? <laughs> well, not see us, obviously. Hear us. But uh, do they yeah. do well, they want hey. to see us argue, or do they want to like have us watch something that is so abominable that we would both hate it? Well, uh, as far as the watching thing goes, we could fire up a YouTube channel. 
Uh, I oh, have, Lord. Th no, that doesn't. <laughs> I have plenty of hats and wigs for both of us. It'd be fine. It, no. uh, and uh, sunglasses. Also, uh, yes, I, I would like to, uh, you know, if you have a suggestion for something for us to watch, uh, let us know why you want us to oh, watch yeah, it. Oh, yeah, please. That's the fun part is the reasoning behind. And then we'll let you know if you suck as a human being. Um, <laughs> this... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this episode... Um, I reached back in the vault a ways. Um, yeah, it was Stan's turn. I, it was my turn, and um, this uh, is another one of those movies that has a a very warm and comfortable place in my heart. Mm -hmm. uh, it is 1979's Star Trek The Motion Picture, a movie that had a very troubled uh, creation and we'll get into that more later on. But it is the reuniting of the television cast uh, of Star Trek, the, the original, original series. series. And um, it also includes the addition of Persis Kambata as uh, Lieutenant Ilea, a Delton, uh, and also Stephen Collins uh, as the who's supposed to be in command of the Enterprise, but he gets replaced by Kirk. Yeah, he was Captain Will Decker. Will Decker. Uh, and uh, it is... Um, this movie was um, apparently a huge pain in Paramount's butt uh, to get made. Uh, but um, the story is a mishmash of approaches for uh, what was originally going to be a TV series. Uh, the plan initially was for uh, Paramount to launch their own television network. Oh, what a surprise. And the that never happened. And the flagship of that network was going to be Star Trek Phase 2. They had written, they commissioned scripts, they had built, uh, started building sets and uh, ships ship models for yeah. you know over the special effects and stuff uh it would include at least some if not all of the original crew plus some new members okay. um and uh then as that series was being worked on they decided with the um success of close encounters of the third kind that science fiction movies outside of Star Wars could be uh, profitable in theaters. Mm -hmm. So they stopped production on Phase 2 and went to Star Trek The Motion Picture. Um, so we see that their dream happened. It was just a dream deferred. It was. Um, and this is what I consider the first renaissance of Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, because there hadn't been anything new Star Trek-wise, except for the animated series, which is, we just don't pay much attention to that. Uh, and the novels, uh, novelizations of the original episodes, plus new stories that aren't canon. Yeah. Um, that was the only new Star Trek that had been created in the ten years since uh, the end of the original series in 1969. Yeah. In 1979, as I recall, kind of late in the year, like in around Christmas... They released Star Trek, the motion picture. Uh, it is the story of this big probe that is uh, heading towards Earth 
and there's uh, it uh, sends out these bolts of plasma energy that then consume whatever it shoots at. Uh, we see Klingons. It's the first time we see Klingons with the tortoiseshell heads. Yes, and the wavy, wavy wigs. Yes, uh, and that is um, uh, the first time we see them. Um, and uh, it they get consumed. A space station, a deep space station gets consumed. And then Kirk decides that he's the only one who can lead the Enterprise on this mission. So he gets Captain Decker knocked down to commander. He takes over the Enterprise. Um, and uh, eventually, once Spock arrives uh, from Vulcan, uh, the original crew is back together again and goes on this mission. The first time we see Spock in this picture, um, he is actually on Vulcan, mm-hmm. um, attempting to complete um, the Vulcan passage of Kolinar, which mm-hmm. is, um, for him, it is... Um, especially pressing because he's half human. Yes. So Colinar is the attainment of complete logic and complete absence of emotion. The purging of all emotion. Yeah. So um, he's, he's there doing his meditative Vulcan thing and um, a, a tri, tribunal of sorts shows up. And he explains to them that he is he is sensing a consciousness out there, way out there somewhere, that is calling to him, mm-hmm. um, and he he cannot he cannot get past this um, this communication sense thing that that is happening to him. And they say, okay, fine. Clearly, this thing is appealing to the human side of you. You have not achieved colonar. Give us our fancy necklace back. We going away. You go do your thing and purge yourself. Yes. So that is our first encounter with Spock. And he has like long hippie hair. Yes, he does. Well, he's he's been out of Starfleet for a while. He's and he's no longer has his commission. So he no longer has his dorky haircut. <laughs> well, it's still kind of a dorky haircut. It's just dorky longer. Right. Um, now, I love this movie, but I love it emotionally. I don't love it objectively because objectively it blows okay i'm glad you said it (laughs) because the reason i am maud the impatient broad this week yeah is because oh gosh how long did those long establishing pretty shots of the enterprise and the, the 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 scenery and stuff need to be good grief they could have easily cut 30 minutes from this thing they could have easily although i appreciated the starship porn uh of both the klingon ships and the enterprise and i understand part of their rationale behind that because i'm imagining that you know in the recent fairly recent wake of star wars Mm -hmm. um, which just came out a couple of years prior um, they, the Star Trek franchise wanted to show off their pretty graphics production toys and how, how beautiful a looking film they could make. True. Also, uh, I believe, or I could be completely wrong about this, but there's a certain amount of fan service in showing us 
the Enterprise. Oh, definitely, because it's it's being refurbished, redesigned, reimagined, re everything. Yes. Right, and um, the the very long trip in the little shuttle pod around uh, the Enterprise when um, Scotty is taking Kirk um, to the ship because the transporter is malfunctioning. Um, and uh, that whole, and you know, he's looking at it longingly like it's a woman. I mean, he's he is in love with this ship. Yeah, and there's um, reference made to that in the dialogue. Yeah, and he's, uh, you know, he's just enthralled with its new look. Um, and as a fan of the original series, uh, who watched it, who watched some episodes when they aired originally, because yes, I am that old, um, that was, it was beautiful to me, too. I could have used 90 minutes of them just showing me the ship up close. It because was, we never got that kind of detail true. from the original series. It was beautiful the first time. <laughs> now, I, I remember seeing this, and if if I remember right, I went to the theater. Really? It came out. Yeah, not with you, obviously. No, no, not with me. we weren't a thing yet. We hadn't met yet. Um, but... Um, yeah, I think I saw this in the theater when it came out, and it was it was it was like, oh my gosh, look, it's so cool. Th- this morning watching it, it was just like, oh lord, this is two hours of my life. I can never get back, and I really need a nap now. Well, and there's uh, there's more of that later on. Oh yeah, oh it's sprinkled throughout. When they're f- well, but there's a one particularly very long sequence where they've made it through the energy cloud mm-hmm. and are flying over the ship uh, that contains V'ger. Yeah. And that could have been cut by three quarters because you can't make out what you're looking at. It, you don't have a visual reference to go, okay, that is a ship of some sort. Mm-hmm. It could have been... They could have been flying over the Grand Canyon, for all I know. Uh, but, you know, it's it's this utterly alien thing that even utterly alien spaceships we have seen in Star Trek, you can make out what they are. Yeah, it was, just, it was a lot of blue. A lot of blue, like a lot of lightning effects. Fifty Shades of Blue. Yeah. And a lot of plasma shots and, and squiggly neon lines. And a lot of uh, lasers shot through fog mm-hmm. to, to make that uh, shimmering cloud-like yeah, stuff in was, the background. It was pretty, eh. but it could I could have done with less of the pretty. It could have been pretty if it was a glance, not the extraordinarily long... Um, Awkward, uh, clenchy gla- you know, gaze. And on top of that, all these actors looking at a screen in rapt wonder, and you know they're not looking at anything. They're looking at a hole, or actually they're probably looking at a open wall. There is no, there's, you know, is that's where the cameras are set up, yeah. looking at them. So they can't have a wall there. They're just looking out at the crew and probably feeling a fair amount of embarrassment having to go, that's the most wondrous thing I've ever seen when they're not looking at anything except some guy on union time. Okay, honey, it's called acting. Yes, I understand that. 
So, but and there is Shatner, so... Shatner does not a whole lot of that. <laughs> anyway. Well, he does his version of acting. Um, My God. That, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's about the extent of his emotional range. Um, yeah, I just, I felt sorry for the actors having to look at nothing and be, you know, so utterly impressed by it when Dude, there's nothing their, there. That's I their know, job. I know. But those shots are so long. I felt so sorry for George Takei because they have him with his eyes about the size of dinner plates <laughs> on numerous shots during that scene. And it just, it's just so much repetitive. Repetition, repetition, repetition. It just okay. was, it was, those scenes and the flying over, all of that could have been cut by three quarters. Okay. Uh, your compassion is nice. I'm going to zag away for a second and quote Karen Walker from Will and Grace, mm -hmm. where she is having a conversation with Jack. Mm -hmm. And she says, you know, honey. God didn't give me the ability to play the piano or paint a picture or have compassion. <laughs> that's, that's, that's where your compassion now needs to go. Okay. All right. Well. But I do a really good Karen Walker. Yes, though, you don't do. I? It's not bad. It's not I, bad at all. I do. I do. Thanks. Um, yeah, so so there's there's a lot of very long shots that are utterly unnecessary. Way too long. Uh, now there is a remastered and um, cleaned up version. Streamlined or Somewhat. just video made prettier? Uh, well, it's on it's on DVD and it's uh, they completed the effects uh, in some scenes and added effect shots. Okay. Uh, that they couldn't afford to do or didn't have the technology to do. For instance, the wormhole that in the version we watched is the theatrical version mm -hmm. um, is just sort of red squiggly lines in a like a tunnel. Yeah. Uh, there's better effects for when that happens. Yeah. Uh, there's also when they when they rise uh, near the end where they rise out of the saucer section. Um, and walk onto those hexagonal blocks to get to V'ger. Yeah. Uh, there is, that's slightly extended in that it shows, they've digitally created all the characters and them walking off of the saucer section, but in profile. Okay. So it looks, it just looks better. Yeah, considering though, for 1979, it was, it was pretty, I mean, they, it looks like video game graphics now, but... They did the best they could with what they had to work with. Yeah. Um, and they, <laughs> uh, they, they... They had a lot of trouble with all the sets. Um, they, at one point, um, the lighting significantly had to be adjusted on the bridge because... It was becoming oppressively hot, and it was melting some of the consoles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I'm talking about the lighting from within. There, that this whole production it had technical problems, technical issues, script problems. Uh, the effects were uh, delayed, um, and they had a real hard time getting this movie started. 
shot, and then finished. <laughs> Robert Wise, the director, said, what we put in theaters was what I considered a rough cut. Wow. Uh, we'll return with more of our discussion of Star Trek, the motion picture, right after this. We're boldly going where no podcast has gone before this one right now here <laughs> uh, as we discuss Star Trek, the motion picture on comedy, tragedy, marriage. Um, the, uh, the, the crew, the, the cast had to study a book. There was an operations manual for the control panels on the bridge and they were touch sensitive buttons. Ah. Uh, and, they had to push them in the right sequence to get the right visual to come up, to, to happen. And they, like, had to study and learn stuff. Like the cast for real? Yeah. Not the characters? No, the cast for real. What? It, no. <laughs> it's ridiculous, but they, the, the, you can check the wiki on this. That's commitment. It is. Uh, and the, uh. And they need to be committed. <laughs> There, there's, uh, there's a bunch of uh, display monitors, like at Spock's station and, mm -hmm. and other sure. parts of the bridge. And they've got um, various pieces of film and videotape that are rear-projected onto the screen. So the actors were actually well, controlling what, what, what those they displays did showed. changed that, but they also had to find new sources because they realized they were going through all these film loops uh, that in order for it to not be the same film loop for the entire movie, they uh, then went and had to find a whole bunch of different film loops huh. and also to, to make things, to find things that would make sense for what they were talking about, yeah. which granted a lot of it didn't make sense, but um, yeah, they, they, they went to an enormous amount of trouble to make this, the bridge set especially look good and right and realistic as realistic yeah. as possible uh considering but uh yeah it's um <laughs> uh oh and the production uh some of the production folks at the studio really didn't like gene roddenberry because uh and the some of the writers that were brought in to work on early versions of the script Really didn't like Gene Roddenberry because he wanted sole writing credit. Mm, okay. Um, and, you know, it was his creation and his baby. Yeah. But I think after this movie, they took him out of the, out of the creative loop. process entirely. He was still a, a producer. He still got the creator credit. Yeah. But uh, he wasn't, he wasn't involved, involved in, the in, in decisions until they go into make Star Trek The Next Generation. That was kind of his his baby until he got too sick to work on it. What I had forgotten is that the opening theme and theme throughout this movie was actually the theme music for the Next Generation series. Right. They repurposed the... This the, movie music for Star Trek The Next Generation. Right. Um, which gave me some warm fuzzies. Well, and that's just a great theme. It's, yeah. it, it is somewhat nautical in the kind of feeling it uh, gives me. It's, it's like you're 
out on it's like you're watching a big ship roll by um, as opposed to a spaceship but it's the same thing essentially so yeah it's it's different in tone from the theme music for the original series oh, granted, quite a bit yeah um, by the same composer though Alexandra Courage mm-hmm. um, it was just a nice um, moment for me like oh okay that's where this originated yeah um, are you ready to rate it? Um, or do we want to rehash some more? Well, there's a few more bits of information. Um, it was originally uh, budgeted for $15 million for, for the production of the film. Yeah. Which, in 79, it's a decent amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> the problems, uh, the repurposing of sets that then had to be rebuilt from the TV show to the movie... Uh, the special effects, all, uh, oh, and the script rewrites that were oftentimes happening on set as they were shooting, um, ballooned the budget out to $46 million. Oh my gosh. Which in 79, that's enormous. I, I, I should have done the conversion, but it seems like it's an enormous amount of money. Well... 300% of budget. Right. Uh, and the film eventually worldwide grossed $139 million, which, for the time, is a pretty decent return, yeah. but it probably wasn't enough to, for it to break even with all of the added expenses and promotion and, yeah. and all of that stuff. But it made enough money for them to then greenlight Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan. Khan! That. And, uh, but they they actually cut down the budget on that film, even though it looks far better. It looks a ton better. When did Wrath of Khan come out? I wish I could tell you. I'm thinking 82. Oh, look, a smartphone. Let's see. I, I believe it was 1982. It was the same year that The Thing came out. Uh, John Carpenter's The Thing, which is a movie that I think is also amazing, but I, I'd never make you watch it because it'll <laughs> it, it's kind of gross. Um, according to the interwebs, Wrath of Khan was released June fourth, nineteen eighty two. Mm-hmm. That was that was right after I graduated from high school. And it is no, you graduate yeah eighty two yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had 84 in my head for some reason. Uh, Um, But thanks for giving me a couple of years younger. That's that's sure. That's a solid. Uh, I ain't stupid. Uh, (laughs) But that movie a moves so much better. It is plotted so much better because the pace of the motion picture is glacial, and that's being generous. Uh, again, with the long, slow shots, the react, the long reaction shots, the 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 spaceship porn, the um, uh, just all of it. It's it's just it moves at a snail's pace. Well, you know me, and mm-hmm. you know the difference in in taste in movies that you and I have. And mm-hmm. you like stuff to happen and stuff to blow up. And, I don't mind and, that. And things to move along. I can watch movies where people just talk. I, well, and I am perfectly fine with a, a slow and gradual development of a story. Mm-hmm. 
this... Well, they're slow and gradual, and then there's uh, watching paint dry. Yeah, that. <laughs> I, I am stumbling and bumbling because it just, just it's a, I surprised myself at how impatient I was. It's like, Lord, do something. Move. Do so, Advance the plot. Yes. And, yeah. That would be lovely. Yes. Um, yeah, that that is a, a significant problem with this movie. And, even though I love it also, it's a problem with Superman, the movie. Uh, the Christopher I'd, Reeve. I'd have to revisit it to be sure, but that, I don't remember it that way. Well. Of course, I saw Superman in the theaters with the boyfriend, so. Yeah. There's a, lot I, of, there's a lot of stuff about the movie I don't remember because I didn't see. <laughs> Alrighty then. There was smooching. It's okay. Of course there was. Of course there was. You didn't care if a man could fly. But uh, the... Um... Don't, don't judge me. <laughs> well, no, you did. Flying Would dudes. you have chosen to go see Superman the movie? We agreed on Superman the movie. Hmm. True statement. Are you sure you didn't agree because that's what he wanted to see? No, Superman. We but we agreed. We both decided to see it. Hmm. That strikes me as odd. <laughs> have you met me? Yeah, I have. That's why it strikes me as odd. Uh, well, then, anyway, anyway, we'll have this fight later. Um, <laughs> it's, this is personal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this is a podcast, so we shouldn't do that. Uh, it's personal. That is. Uh, yeah, that, that movie's got a lot of long, slow, uh, it takes time for things to develop in that movie, too. Uh, it just seems like, it seemed like it to me. Yeah, we may, we may have to revisit it at some point. That'd be cool I mean, because, like, um, I don't remember it being that slow, Mm. so I certainly didn't remember this being this slow. Well... I mean, the first, it, it was a half hour before anything happened. Kinda, yeah. D- 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 I counted. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it, it, it takes its time. Uh, but, let's let's go ahead and rate it. You, you go ahead and give me a rating of one to five stars. What did you think of Star Trek, the motion picture? Okay, I got... And to, be perfectly honest. I got to do my thing here where I divide my score. Because oh, okay. as a Star Trek person... For sentimental value, it's a five. As a woman who needed sleep, <laughs> um, I give it a solid one and a half. Okay. It th- this movie sucks. Well, quite frankly, you are more generous than <laughs> I, because again, on the sentimental scale, I give it eleven million. Yeah. But on a um, quality of film i give it a one because it is so long and drawn out and dull the script was not great well and again the script was was being rewritten day of sometimes Uh and they had a real problem figuring out the ending but it is for somebody who loves star trek who watched them religiously in repeats uh the original series and to finally have something new to see. Because, and to go to the movies and to, to do yes. it, that made it really special. And, uh, you know, occasionally I would stumble across a rerun that for the first two minutes I couldn't remember what the thing was, and then it was like, oh, yeah, it's that one. Mm-hmm. You know, otherwise 
I knew what it was practically from the first frame of film. Uh-huh. But uh, but this, seeing it in the theater and being the first new Trek we'd gotten in 10 years, it was like, this is a revelation. Yeah. And I love it. I don't like it, <laughs> but I love it. It is it is valuable to Trek canon. It is valuable to cinema in that it started a revival of sorts. Yes. And the 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 ensuing Trek stuff that happened both film-wise and in the television franchises um was some remarkable um writing, casting, mm-hmm. acting, production, all of it. Mm-hmm. So this was the springboard, I think, for for that to happen. Uh, the Wikipedia page for Star Trek The Motion Picture is voluminous. It's very, very long. It goes into a lot of... What a of, surprise! It goes into a lot of the history and the background and the pre-production and the all the people that were involved in initial scripts like... Uh, uh, Star Trek, uh, the original series scribe Harlan Ellison turned in a, a, a script treatment for, I think, Phase 2, this, the, what would have been the series. Yeah. Um, and it was also considered for the movie. Um, Isaac Asimov was, uh, consider- was uh, a scientific consultant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray Bradbury was uh, consulted about scripts. Um, and again, I believe that was for the, the proposed series. Harlan Ellison, by the way, went on to be a pivotal force behind Babylon 5. Yes. Yes. One of, one of and even though the effects are very dated and, and clunky now, that is a terrific show. Babylon 5 was brilliant. The way that they worked a five-year arc from the very beginning, mm-hmm. knowing it, it's, again, brilliant writing, brilliant casting and character development, just um, some of the best TV that was ever made in any genre, and much less were, science fiction. They were e- even able to recast their their main, uh, the, the, the commander of the station. Mm-hmm. Um, they were still able to work that into later storylines mm-hmm. about how he disappears. And well, stuff. that was part of the whole overarching thing. But it wasn't originally. He was that actor was replaced because they didn't think he was a big enough name. Huh. So they bring in Bruce Boxleitner, who had been on uh, McCabe and Mrs. Not no, Scarecrow, and Mrs. Scarecrow and Mrs. King, the TV show. And uh, they decided he was a bigger name. They didn't replace um, that original actor because it was preordained and designed into the story structure. They did that because the the studio wanted somebody else. Well, then, and they still were able to fold him back into it. That that it, understanding that which I did not know. Mm-hmm is particularly masterful how they worked that in so seamlessly and yeah. made that just it, and we'll talk more about B5 in the future I'm sure I am we sure will. there are we both could pick that one either one of us could pick that one uh, and love it and, and well and talk about it on here you know 
Well, and there are there are some marked similarities between Babylon 5 and Star Trek Deep Space Nine, mm-hmm. which um, a lot of hardcore Treksters in the beginning thought did not belong. It, it departed from canon because it was not boldly going. It was staying in the space station. But right. a lot of boldly going happened. It did. Uh, it didn't hurt when they got the Defiant. True. Um, and it uh, went once the Dominion War started up in the latter seasons. Well, and there was that whole parallel mirror universe, too. Well, they only did that for an episode or two. They ex- they explored a lot of things. They explored a lot of things mm-hmm. that, in my mind, constituted or qualified as boldly going. Yeah. Even though there was a home base. Yeah. yeah. So. The the founders was a, a nice. Oh gosh. Uh, addition uh, to to the the Trek alien lore. Mm-hmm. So yes, uh, there is. Uh, there were parallels and similarities between Babylon 5 and DS9. Um, Which and may be why I like them both so much. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I I guess I am lean more towards Voyager a little bit. Um, even though I don't like the concept of lost in space and never getting home, mm-hmm. they eventually do. Spoiler alert. But... Um, the fact that it was, you know, the st- still the Starfleet um, mission. S- mission and the story, and they were doing their best to maintain their um, the the rules of uh, and morals of Starfleet. Sure. Uh, despite the fact that they were nowhere near anybody who could, you know, rat them out, um, and, and the they were in Borg space for part of, of the series. So mm-hmm. I like that too. All right. Uh, enough Trek. I'm sure you're bored to death with that by now. Uh, what else have you been watching? Well, you and I had a lovely binge evening of ten episodes in a row of Grace and Frankie, the the current most recent season, season six. Season six, yes. With, you know, meal breaks, potty breaks, I gotta get a sandwich, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. But we we spent a lovely long evening of quality time together, binging that, lots of laughs. Yes, I, it's it's not the smartest comedy on TV, but we enjoy it. It's it's kind of comfort food TV. Well, and it does address some issues, though. Some, yes. Uh, um, it the does... aging population, it talks about aging. Mm-hmm. Um, it talks about um, gender roles and women in business trying mm-hmm. to maintain business and personal lives right. and um there's you know i mean it's not pablum right well um it is it isn't again it it's you can see what's going to happen you you can it, they telegraph the some of the plot twists and jokes and things of that nature there is foreshadowing yes uh well it's far from subtle um, so did I, did I say so? Uh, no. I did not. No. Foreshadowing has many degrees. That's that is true. I'm very sorry. Please don't hurt me. <laughs> uh, yes, we we enjoy Grace and Frankie quite a bit. Um, oh, and we watched the or did we talk about that last week? The uh, Aaron Hernandez 
documentary, documentary Killer we, Inside. I don't think we did talk okay. about it last week. Uh, yeah, we watched that. Uh, it's a three-part documentary, hour-long. Uh, if uh, you'd like a podcast that also dives real deep in into the, the former um, New England Patriot uh, tight end who... Um, killed one was convicted of killing one man and was tried but acquitted of killing two more uh, you should listen to gladiator uh, it is uh, produced by the boston globes spotlight unit that same investigative team that um, dug into the um, catholic church church sex scandal mm -hmm. uh so uh that's that's something i i would suggest that you try out but yeah we watched um uh, those three episodes and it's a sad and awful story um especially when you get into his early life and in his father um yeah. being sort of a bully and um also uh, the fact that uh, although I think, to some degree, there's still some question, um, but the, that he had to hide his sexuality. Yeah. He was at least bisexual. And, at least. At least. And, I, and actually, I would lean that way. And coming up in a cult in the culture that he did, that was not okay. No, no. Um, the phenomenon of CTE, which is chronic traumatic encephalopathy, encephalopathy um, yeah. traumatic brain injury. Right. Repeated concussions. Repeated concussions. Um, and it, it, the degree to which that affected him and um, the, the pathologist who looked at his brain after he died mm -hmm. and said you know, talked about the advanced um, decay of his brain. Um, it's 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 a <laughs> troubling indictment of commercial sport, especially football. Football, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and if you're a little queasy about stuff like that, then you see his brain um, because you know he commits suicide in prison. Again, spoiler alert. Uh, I really should do those first. But anyway, um, yeah, it's it's an enlightening and depressing documentary uh, about uh, somebody who just, I, I just can't understand, well, for one thing, I can't understand having that kind of talent, physical talent, being that huge. He's an enor He was an enormous man. Um, but fast and speedy. Fast and speedy, had good hands. But apparently, just could not control his baser urges, as far as um, drugs, alcohol, uh, and violence. It's it, it's it's just a, a, it's almost it's impossible to wrap your head around. Yeah, had had everything, couldn't quite make it work. Right. Really sad. Yeah. So give give that a watch. That is on um, Netflix, as is Grace and Frankie. Oh, and by the way. Should you want to subject yourself to it, Star Trek The Motion Picture is on Hulu. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, For free! Yeah. Well, you, well yeah. Uh, now, it is the theatrical release. It is not the um, 
remastered and added um, effects release. So, the super but that, special fancy cut. Yeah, that is that's available on DVD, but it's also available, I'm sure, on iTunes. All right. Well, I guess that'll do it for this week. Okie dokie. We appreciate you listening. Uh, and uh, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. By the way, we got our first one. Uh, and as soon as I get permission, uh, I'll be posting that on Twitter uh, and talking about it here on the podcast. And also, remember, if you have suggestions for something for us to watch, uh, please send them to us via our, our, our Twitter or our email and tell us why you think we should watch it. And oh, if, yeah. We want to know. We and, yearn for knowledge. And if you think it is something that we, one or both of us are going to hate, that's cool. Just let us know. Just Bring it. Just prepare us a little bit in case it's something we've never heard of before. But yeah, maybe once a month we'll do a uh, listener suggestion episode and uh, we'll, uh, we'll watch something that you, one of our six listeners, suggests for us to watch. Tell us we can tell who you are and we'll credit you with the suggestion. <laughs> or I'll just give like you a, a first name and a last initial or yeah, something that's like enough. that. Uh, or your Twitter handle, should you get to us that way, which you can do by uh, following us on Twitter at CT Marriage, the letter C, the letter T, and Marriage uh, on Twitter. And s- uh, send us an email if you'd like comedy tragedy marriage at gmail.com. We fancy now. We is. Well, like I said, they'll give those email addresses to anybody. All right. Thank you very much. Rejoin us next week, and until next time, later. later. Yay!